And hello, wow, there's already a few of you here. <clears throat> farmer Grady says, first post. You win, Farmer Grady, you do. <laughs> Today I'm moving wheat stop in a mostly self-driving tractor. I have to make the turns at the end of the row. Dude, I wish I had a self-driving tractor. I really do. <laughs> um, yeah, I said I'd give a few updates on the the warlord farming process you know as a warlord I, i'm not really geared up to, to farm hello p do <laughs> so um it's uh it's well let's see I, I do so many things every day I, f I forget where we're at but we've uh, essentially finished the tool shed the loyal henchman and i um we've done as much pruning as we we're gonna do for the season uh there's a bunch of other stuff like paperwork that i've had to do for the Ooh, pardon me but um a couple of funny things is um, a couple of days ago i um you know sometimes uh, the wife puts a baby down for a nap or whatever and so she's she's with the baby and I poked my head in through the bedroom to say something. I can't remember what it was. And she looked at me and she goes, oh, wow, you're really brown. You're like really brown. I don't know, you can't really tell in this light, I guess, because it's very weird, artificial kind of light. But yeah, I, I've got that builder's, uh, builder's tan, <laughs> you know, the, the arms are brown and the, and the, and the rest is kind of, Mind you, I did take some sun the other day, so it may be evening out because I, I worked without a shirt for a bit. Yep, that's right. I went full Matthew McConaughey, you know, work without a shirt. And um, but I, I don't really burn, you know, as long as I'm not stupid about it and stay out the whole day or whatever. And she says, you, you're really brown. I mean, like, you're so brown, you look like mixed race. <laughs> you know, she's... Uh, they uh <laughs> she's typically english so she generally fries <laughs> and uh, the most loyal henchman also i think what did you say to him the other day she goes, oh you got a bit of sun matches your hair now your face <laughs> he's a redhead you know a devil child <laughs> so oh the other hilarious thing <laughs> is um um so the uh, most of henchmen likes we, we used to play like chess and and go you know for first chess and he was better than me and then i kind of caught up with him so i evened it out a little bit and then i introduced him to japanese chess go and we used to play that and he was just getting massacred i mean i'd give him like nine uh, handicap uh, pieces and i still get massacred I, I don't think he's won a game yet so he was just getting depressed about it then we've sort of gone off it a bit just because we've, we've been working very hard and you know having late nights and that um but then he he ordered some poker chips and stuff so he he likes to play poker you know we're not playing for money we're just playing using the chips like that and uh of course my wife likes the you know any of those kind of things you know that you get in like i don't know drag adult saloons or whatever <laughs> So she's like into yeah yeah let's play poker and 
I gotta admit, I, I find poker pretty boring. Um, mostly because, you know, if I actually concentrate, I can play pretty well. But it's like I, I get bored and then I'll, I'll just do like funny weird things or I'll try and just bluff people, you know, see, see what happens. Um, and, um, you know, but they, they didn't believe, both my wife and the most loyal henchmen think, oh, you just, you know, you can't really play. I was like, all right, I'll tell you what, I'll play you guys just to prove to you that I can play. And I played in the one game, I beat them both twice in a row. <laughs> it was just like, that's it, I'm done. I, I, I don't need to play with you guys. But the other day, um, I don't know if it's the guys who've taken the vax shedding or whatever, but I, I very rarely get headaches, but I, I had one, so... I um, I went to, to bed a little bit early. I actually just sort of passed out on the bed with the boy. And um, uh, so she stayed up and babies were all asleep. And so she stayed up and played a, a couple of games. And they keep score, right? Because like some, some evening they'll play whatever. I'm doing a stream. They'll play poker or I'm reading or doing something else. And um, she's been kicking his ass basically. But last night... He finally won three games in a row, and then he carried on playing, and she won two back. So <laughs> she sent him a meme like of a guy going like this, and the meme saying, "Don't you wish you'd like left the table two um, two rounds ago? You know, two two hands earlier." And then this morning, because <laughs> we usually get up before the loyal henchmen, <laughs> the, the music that she put blaring out into the garden. You gotta know when to hold. <laughs> you gotta know when to fold them. <laughs> I was just it made me piss myself laughing. We do tend to uh, rag on each other quite a bit, you know. It's just the kind of humor we have. So I found that pretty funny. And uh, yeah, toolshed's finally done with skylights. Uh, used some sealant to make sure it's like waterproofed, painted. Uh, and now we're reconstituting some of the trash that was left by the, uh, I don't know, I think he's of Jewish origin, the guy, the previous owner. Um, so we got these, like, he had left all this crap, this rusted shelving and all that. And I mean, that stuff looked bad, but uh, we pulled it out of where it was, cleaned it up. Um, used some wood to stiffen up the, the legs and everything and it's, looks like it's going to make some pretty serviceable shelves so we're going to attach those to the walls next um, and uh, see how far we get but yeah the other thing about farming is you know I remember when I was um, teaching martial arts in the UK um, if you want to get insurance for yourself as a martial artist or a teacher of martial arts, it's like ridiculously like expensive, um, and they consider it one of the most dangerous things because you will get injuries and broken bones and that. So it's got like ridiculously expensive premiums. Um, it's not so bad to insure yourself against people trying to sue you for injuries or whatever, but um, if you want to insure yourself for injuries or stuff, it's just not really viable. Well, I don't know what the insurance for farmers is, but I reckon, I mean, honestly, I, it's, it, in a way, it's kind of cool, but 
it's, it's not cool because it's not fun, but every day there's some, you know, there is some blood spilled usually on, on, on almost a daily basis by either myself, the most loyal henchmen, or, you know, and it's like stupid shit, you know, it's like you, farming is dangerous shit. It's like, you're using all these power tools, there's like uh, the, you know, the ground is not level, of course, you've got all sorts of vegetation that gets in the way, thorny stuff, and you're trying to cut things down while there's other stuff in the way. You don't know sometimes, you know, you're trying to cut stuff down and there's like bits of wiring, bits of reinforcing that the like an asshole before you left all over the place. So it's, uh, it's quite a thing. And then um, just the sheer amount of different tools that we had to like buy. And, and these are just like all hand tools, really, you know, from chainsaws to little chainsaws to like pruning shears or electric ones. And there's just so much stuff. And that's before I even get into like tractors and stuff, which, you know, tractors are pretty expensive things. And also the land here is pretty um, not level. So you have to be a bit careful because depending on what tractor you get, it could easily tip over. Uh, so I've been looking into that, but also I don't know right now that we can afford a tractor. So unless I win the lottery, which is going to be difficult because I don't buy the tickets, you know, like a Jewish guy's joke that uh, keeps praying to win the lottery and says, you know, look, my brother's got such a beautiful wife and kids and my cousin's got this and that and the other. All I want is just to win the lot, the Lord, and he keeps praying for years and years. And eventually, after 10 years, he goes, but Lord, I keep praying so hard and I never win the lotto. And this big voice comes out of the sky and says, Ari, Ari, I'm trying to help you all I can, but you've got to buy a ticket. You know, that sort of thing. So that's me with the lotto. Not likely that I'm going to win, but if I did win, I'd probably buy a tractor next even though I have no idea how to fix the, the guy next door, that guy literally, um, no joke, has taken a giant tractor apart and rebuilt it because it was like blown, the engine was in, just buys random parts and just rebuilt a huge tractor. His other tractor like popped something, you know, like some oil pump went or double clutch. And I swear to God that that old man is, is like straight out of a manga movie, you know, like those manga films where it's like, You've got spaceships and shit, but you're still on Earth, and one of the spaceship crashes, and this little old man comes out, and he knows how to fix, like, a spaceship, an alien spaceship, because he just knows shit. That's this old dude. I swear to God, if an alien spaceship crash landed, I reckon he could just, like, rebuild it. <laughs> it's incredible. So, um, yeah, you know, if, if there was a Matrix thing where you could just, like, plug in and suck the knowledge out of his head it was just the man knows everything there is to know about tractors he like welds them rebuilds them it's just as a, and it's a one-man guy you know he's like in his 70s and he's just i don't know he's a machine he's a really cool cool dude so let me see comments here it's good to see you pidu and LS16 says, Hail Kurgan, hello immortals, and hello Farmer Grady. We got the last of our corn in and are getting ready for first crop hay. Yeah, you guys are way ahead of me. I'm still like, you know, figuring out how to 
chop trees down without killing myself. I've got to admit though, considering my absolute scorn for everything to do with health and safety, I'm, I'm doing well that I still have all my fingers, and <laughs> so does my lawyer henchman, you know. I keep needling him about um, situational awareness because he like leaves tools lying around and shit. So I'm like, situational awareness, you know, and then like whenever anything goes slightly wrong, I'm like, situational awareness. <laughs> it's like probably getting sick of me doing that now. But it's good training, you know, you, you have to harass the troops a little bit. But, uh, you know, overall, it's pretty good fun, actually. Um, it's hard work, but if you're working with a guy that, you know, has got a good sense of humor, like, like the most oil henchman does, it's, uh, it's all right, you know. Uh, we've still got a bunch of stuff to do inside the house. I mean, my office even is not even finished painted. I've got a fucking wall in front of me where I still need to put up the world map. And it's just endless, endless, endless. But... The outside stuff after we finish that shed will be, let's say the most urgent things will be more or less done. And then I can focus back on the inside of the house and making it a bit more livable. Hopefully the kitchen gets delivered in the next few days. Or half of the kitchen, the other half I'm still wheeling and dealing, trying to get the best price and see if they can do it. Because there's like whole tax rebates and stuff that I... You know, Italy for that sort of thing is, uh, it's like trying to figure out the accounts of X on mobile, you know, with only one eye and a microscope. It's, uh, it's ugly. The bureaucracy of this country is ugly. Willy Ram says, good evening, Herr Kurgen und Immortals. <laughs> Hello, Willy. I guess you've been living in Israel long enough that you've decided to take on the German accent. <laughs> That's scary. Uh, Michael Pecker says, Might I ask if you're cultured and know how to play Durak? I don't know how to spell it in English. Uh, I don't know what that is, Durak. I don't know what language that's in, so I can't say. Um, if you describe the game, maybe I'll, t I'll tell you. I've got this weird idea that it might be uh, what you call... Um, Oh, I forgot the name now. It's usually inside like chessboards. When you open it up on the inside, it's got all these like long spike things. And you you basically throw dice. There's a bit of luck involved uh, to get all your pieces across to the other side before they, they get out. Like, I can't remember the name of it. But uh, yeah, if that's it, I can play that. I don't, I'm not, describe what Durak is and I'll, I'll let you know. Oh, God. Pew and Bear says, Pratis of all sorts believe Jewish temple is the one fulfilling prophecies. It's so retarded, honestly. I'm, I'm so tired of Protestant retardation. It's um, and, and kind of sick of the Jews as well. You know, the, I just posted in the Kurgan Telegram group, I posted a photograph of um, Bergoglio which is mislabeled, you know, I, it, I posted from another group, I forget the name now, uh, but it's a good group, I think it's a city group, and so there's the picture of Bergoglio, surrounded by, you know, the Rothschilds, all Jewish, every single one of them is Jewish, and 
if you've read Vox's blog on the World War II stuff and what happened there, you know, then you start to realize, hey, the world has always been completely, that you become really aware of how it is absolutely under the dominion of Satan. It is the world of lies. And it's not just now with the COVID stuff. It's always been like that. The whole of World War II was just one giant, huge lie upon lie upon lie. I mean, I knew that. I knew some of the extent of it. But I didn't realize that the overarching... I mean, I knew it was all financed by Wall Street. I knew that Hitler was financed by Jews. But, man, when it's just... It's like I said, one of the reasons that convinced me that, you know, Christianity, Catholicism was true was the fingerprint of the eternal psychopath is pretty much everywhere you look. So, yeah. <laughs> Farm McGrady says the tractor repair guys are worth the weight in gold. Dude, this guy's not just a tractor repair guy. He's, you know, he's just a helpful, friendly guy and I mean he blasphemes and swears like a sailor but you know that's just by the by um, I don't know he, he honestly has a skill that it's not something you know if I spent the next 20 years trying to learn everything there is to know about tractors I, I wouldn't be able to go anywhere near his level of, of ability but um, you know I want to keep it a light open evening um, oh, drop down to seven of you or eight. Hopefully the stream is okay. I've tried to do the right thing today. I haven't screwed it up yet. Few embarrasses. One interesting thing that I heard about fake alien invasion is that it may be used to explain away every supernatural happening in the last days and keep people in the lie for a bit longer. Oh yeah, you know the, the fake alien invasion. I've been going on about that for years because. Um, it was uh, Werner von Braun that told us that. I mean, he spoke to, is it Elizabeth Clara? I always forget her name. But she's gone before Congress, like made statements about it. And he told her, said, look, we didn't really lose the war. We made a deal. Russia and America are going to be the Cold War. Then after that dies down, it's going to be like terrorist nations, nations of interest, axes of evil. That sort of thing. And when that dies down, it's going to be the threat of asteroids. And then when that dies down, it's going to be like alien invasion. And it's all fake. It's all bullshit. It's all a lie. And it's just to cover up the anti-gravity stuff. It's really difficult to understand what's really gone on in the world if you don't understand Catholicism. If you don't understand Christianity, really, which is Catholicism. And if you don't understand anti-gravity technology, um, you know, I wrote about that in the first book, The Face on Mars. Um, and, you know, I both wrote about Catholicism in the last book, The Reclaiming of the Catholic Church. So between those two, if you digest information in those two books, then you start to have a grasp of what the world is really all about. <laughs> Sorry for off topic. There is not so much farming on my side of the screen. That's fine. We're now going to move to our next favorite thing, the burning of heretics. And I'm just going to randomly um, pick something. Of, um, 
from GK Chesterton thing here. Okay, let's see what he says. Oh, it's it's one of the classic. It's a bit long though. Let me see if there's something a little bit shorter. Uh, it, it's it's really all good now. I don't know. Maybe I won't. Um, let's uh, let's read this. It's I'm just picking out. A random little quote that says, Okay, one could object uh, that these comments were merely a form of propaganda produced in the circumstances of war. Yet, even in 1933, three years before he died, G.K. Chesterton judged Martin Luther with the same or even greater severity. And now I'm quoting Chesterton. I haven't read this before. You're, you're reading this bit as, together with me. There was one particular monk in the Augustinian monastery in the German forests who may be said to have had a single and special talent for emphasis. For emphasis and nothing except emphasis. For emphasis with the quality of earthquake. He was the son of a slate cutter, a man with a great voice and a certain volume of personality, brooding, sincere, decidedly morbid, and his name was Martin Luther. Neither Augustine nor the Augustinians would have desired to see the day of that vindication of the Augustinian tradition, but in one sense, perhaps the Augustinian tradition was avenged after all. That was, and now it's not Chesterton, that was Martin Luther's temperament, spirited but impetuous, given to exaggeration and mired in despair. This realistic portrait of Luther's belief, painted by Gilbert to describe the genesis of Protestantism, is far from optimistic. And now I quote Chesterton again. It came out of its cell again in the day of storm and ruin and cried out with a new and mighty voice for an elemental and emotional religion and for the destruction of all philosophies. It had a peculiar horror and loathing of the great Greek philosophies and of the scholastics that had been founded on these philosophies. It had one theory that was the destruction of all theories. In fact, it had its own theology, which was itself the death of theology, Man could say nothing to God, nothing from God, nothing about God, except an almost inarticulate cry for mercy and for the supernatural help of Christ. In a world where all natural things were useless, reason was useless, will was useless, man could not move himself an inch any more than a stone, man could not trust what was in his head any more than a turnip. Nothing remained in earth or heaven but the name of Christ, lifted in that lonely imprecation, awful as the cry of a beast in pain. We must be just to those huge human figures who are in fact the hinges of history. However strong and rightly strong be our own controversial conviction, it must never mislead us into thinking that something trivial has transformed the world. So it is with the great Augustinian monk, who avenged all the ascetic Augustinians of the Middle Ages, and whose broad and burly figure has been big enough to block out for four centuries the distant human mountain of Aquinas. It is not, as the moderns delight to say, a question of theology. The Protestant theology of Martin Luther was a thing that no modern Protestant would be seen dead in a field with. 
or if the phrase be too flippant, would be specially anxious to touch with a barge pole. That Protestantism was pessimism. It was nothing but bare insistence on the hopelessness of all human virtue as an attempt to escape hell. I'd say that is absolutely correct, because of course we know from a previous stream, I believe I did, that Martin Luther absolutely rejected the whole concept of reason and logic. Or, to put it in more general terms, and again this is Chesterton, it is very difficult to imagine any doctrine that could make man more base, describe human nature as more desperately impotent, blacken the reason and the will of man with a more utterly bottomless and hopeless despair than did the real doctrine of Luther. Yes, a man after my own heart, good old Gilbert. There you go, told you there would be some usual hatred of heretics. Ah. Ah. Michael Pecker says, Durak is a Russian card game. Rules. Remove low cards. Every player has six cards. You have a trump suit. You attack another player using one card or many cards of the same number, and you defend by using a higher card of the same suit. Other players may add cards to the pile if they are the same number, and you win by getting rid of all your cards. Okay, I don't think I've quite understood all the rules, but it sounds pretty cool. <sighs> and no, I don't think I've played it before, but um, I shall introduce it to the loyal henchman and, and the wife and see, see how we go. Uh, Wooly Ram says, any attempt at building a temple on Mount Moria would inflame the Muslim world. Well, and uh, could we just hope for mutually assured destruction? <laughs> you know, just, just hoping. <laughs> ah, yes, the eternal cycle always aims towards human sacrifice. Indeed, Wooly Ram, indeed. Oh, Wooly Ram commenting on Durak says, and I assume the loser has to down a shot of cheap vodka. That would mean the winner would have to down a shot of good vodka. Oh. Apparently the stream is stuttering. That's not good, because I'm doing things right this time. And LS16 also gets the occasional stutter. I don't know why it's bad. I need to possibly check on the uh, on the SIM cards. Hope it's uh, something that fixes itself soon. Otherwise, I'll have to get the black magic wizard down here to sort it out. Uh, well, on that note, um, if the stream is crappy, I don't really want to continue so much, but. If you've got any questions, I'll keep it going for a couple of minutes since there might be a bit of delay. <laughs> Michael Pecker says, yes, Wooly Ram, unless you prefer taking shots regardless. Well, yes, that's, that, that is the Russian way. You take the shots whether you win or lose anyway. And I see there's also quite a lot of fluctuation between here. There's like from 8, 12, 13, 6. It's, I don't know if the stream is going in and out for you. That sucks. I, I would hope not. Okay. 
Uh, anyway, yeah, seems to be increasing now. Hopefully it's going a bit better. Uh, let me know if you've got any questions. Okay, numbers are steadily clicking up. Hopefully it's uh, settling down. Woolly says that he's being a good Catholic boy for the next week and refraining from drink. Actually, Woolly, if you still have, I don't know if you're able to, because you're probably at work. I was thinking if you have the link, um, could do a quick 10-minute little uh, interview if you want, if you're able. Yes, indeed, uh, that these are whores of the devil. Indeed. Indeed, he said exactly that. So, how on earth you can be a Protestant, it's... Uh, uh, well, I guess you have to abandon all reason and logic, as I've been saying for quite a while. Um, this is water, by the way despite the fact it's in a wine glass. Okay, it seems like the stream might have settled down, hopefully. Well, while I wait for one of you guys to tell me if it's still bad or good, or if you have a question, Ah, yes. This is bound to be good. I'm just again opening it at random. When a morbid Catholic goes mad, there is a thought from Chesterton's literally you that is constantly repeated by journalists, though they often fail to grasp its implications. It is mostly quoted in a very short form. The modern world is full of the old Christian virtues gone mad. Yet the entire quote is directed at no more and no less than the Protestant Reformation itself. And here's the quote in full. The modern world is not evil. In some ways, the modern world is far too good. It is full of wild and wasted virtues. When a religious scheme is shattered, as Christianity was shattered at the Reformation, it is not merely the vices that are let loose. The vices are, indeed, let loose, and they wander and do damage. But the virtues are let loose also, and the virtues wander more wildly, and the virtues do more terrible damage. The modern world is full of the old Christian virtues gone mad. The virtues have gone mad because they have been isolated from each other and are wandering alone. See, this guy is so perceptive, it's, it's brilliant. This quote dates from 1908. Chesterton was still far from becoming Catholic, but his brilliant intuition already sensed that an idea that is balanced when part of a dogmatic whole would become harmful if isolated and exaggerated. In 1930, eight years after his conversion, he would express the same intuition more precisely. And here he is again. A thing like the Catholic system is a system, that is, one idea balances and corrects another. A man like Mohammed or Marx, or in his own way Calvin, finds that system too complex and simplifies everything to a single idea. 
but it is a definite idea. He naturally builds a rather unbalanced system with his one definite idea. Yes, he's more precisely pointed out the, the issue that I call 2D thinking of Protestantism versus 3D thinking of Catholicism. And Pion Bear says that, yep, that the Protestantism is all rhetoric, mumbling and emotional dribble without logos, indeed. And Woody Ram says, how does Chesterton maintain such clarity and charity simultaneously? I don't know. It's quite, quite the thing, really. Um, I think the better Catholic you become, the more that stuff happens naturally. I'll tell you a little story. At the post office the other day, one of the absurd things I had to do at the post office was queue for about an hour to pay a stamp duty of one euro twenty-seven. Now, even the guy at the post office was like, our country's insane. Is this normal? You have to come here, wait for an hour to pay one euro twenty-seven at the post office. Is this normal, I ask you? No, it's not normal. And I said, yep, we need a little revolution. And he goes, no, not little. We need a big revolution. We need to wipe all these guys out. And he's a government employee, keep in mind, right? <laughs> so, um, but while I was um, sit, you know, waiting in the queue, there was this old guy, and I saw it. I just sensed that that's what he was going to do. There was old guy saying, oh, oh, you know, looking like he's in a rush. And, oh, you know, the way. And I started talking to this other guy who's not really a criminal, but he's one of those blaggy guys, owned a club, been with plenty of women, has had a lot of guns. And, you know, he's just one of those dodgy people. But interesting, you know, interesting to have a chat with. And he was telling me about his life, probably totally embellished and half full of bullshit, but who cares? It was entertaining. And uh, so when I was next in, that little old man just wah, jumps in front and sneaks in. And the, the dodgy guy looks at me and goes, fuck, weren't you next? I was like, yeah, I was. He goes, well, you know, fuck that guy. I don't care if he's an old man. He could have just asked, right? I mean, a guy like you, if he asked, you would have let him go. And I said, yeah, I would have. I don't like that you just jumped in. You should tell him something when he comes out. I'm like, Ugh, leave it, man. I've done so much shit in my life, you know, whatever. He's, a, he's an old bastard. He doesn't have a lot of time left, you know. So, And he goes, it's not that. It's just, you know, what he did was just wrong. <laughs> and keep in mind, this is a dodgy fucking guy, right? And he was more upset than I was about it. Plus, he was 65. You know, this, this guy was talking to this dodgy guy. And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, look, man, you know, 20 years ago, I would have stopped that old bastard just on your behalf. And I was like, let it go. It's fine. Now, i got to admit, I was surprised at myself because I was like, wow, I'm actually just not even going to make Because he said, when he comes back out, you've got to tell him when he comes back out. I was like, dude, who gives a shit? You know, it's just another five minutes or 10 or whatever. And we're having a nice conversation. You know, that's fine. But I was surprised at myself because usually that sort of tiny injustice would have also set me off. I understood exactly where the dodgy guy was coming from. I guess, I don't know, it's kind of a criminal code or something, you know. You break all the stupid laws, but, you know, that's a law of humanity. You don't break that one. <laughs> something like that. And um, it just came really easy for me to, like, not care at all, uh, which wouldn't have been the case some, some years ago. So, I don't know. It's... it's uh, it's interesting. I think the better Catholic you are, the easier it's, um, 
it is to uh, to go. Oh, I'm getting messages here that, that the stream is not great. Uh, no, it's uh, I don't know. Hopefully, it, it evens out. I don't know. Uh, yes, it is a wizard. Yeah, I don't know. It is what it is, guys. Sorry if the stream is not great. I can't do anything about it right now. And I guess I am going to... Um, not do an interview at this point in time with uh with woody ram because i guess he's busy uh let's see farmer grady says do you think someone could build an anti-gravity machine keep their mouth shut use it to run their tractor or something and not be noticed or do they give off em that will get hunted down it's a very good question i think it depends where you are i think it depends how big it is um and if you keep your mouth shut um yeah you could probably get away with it especially if you're in a rural area there will be a signature that's given off by it but you know you, you've got sort of some kind of um I, I don't know the level of control they have over it they definitely can detect it if you're like spaceship sized but you know there are gravity fluctuations um and if it's something that's just to power a tractor, so you're not flying around with the tractor, you're just using the anti-G machine to, to get the energy to run it, you might as well, you could possibly get away with it. Uh, there's an Italian guy who's been persecuted by the... Um, uh, oh, wait, what is that? Oh, Wooly Ram is joining. Let's, uh, let's answer and see if it works. Okay, guest is in the green room. Let me try and add him here. Uh, let's see if that works. Okay, add to the right. Okay. Well, what's going on? Now oh, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but I don't think they can see you. My face isn't all that important. Oh, wait, the scene is locked. Hold on, I have to unlock. There we go. I mean, with a beard like that, I think, you know, it deserves a bit of airtime. <laughs> okay, so you are now live. Um, Hello. And yeah, to, to keep answering, uh, let me just finish answering Farmer Grady. I think you probably get away with it but um, I don't know if you're in America have a shitload of guns ready just in case I don't know um, yeah and Pew and Bear says that is the power of the real English gentleman which is true uh, English gentlemen are like that but you are now live Mr. Woolly Ram so I can see that you're outside so yeah. um, are, are we still getting uh, you know, firecrackers out there, or no, no, that subsided quite a bit, quite so like a week ago. Yeah, they they had it like a ceasefire or something, I think. Yeah, it's um, 
honestly, it's something that worries me slightly because generally speaking, the time for these sort of flare-ups is uh, basically the season of fire, July, August. Yeah. And we had this one very early. Yeah. So I'm somewhat worried that we're going to have a second flare-up. Yeah. Uh, so how was it for you when you were there? I mean, were you like worried? Was it like a big thing or? No, but I mean, like most Israelis, I'm entirely jaded. <laughs> so it just doesn't it just doesn't register. I mean, I'm at work. I'm hearing gunshots. I'm hearing mortar fires. Yeah. And if I look outside, you know, I can see illumination flares going over the uh, yeah. like the eastern side of Jerusalem. It's just okay. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff's happening over there. That's amazing, isn't it? I, I know exactly what you mean because I was in you know I lived in South Africa for years and um, every night there was gunshots just outside my house and down the road. It was like people like fighting outside. It was just like, eh, you know, no bullets hit my wall or it's fine. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I know what you mean. Like human beings get used to anything. Um, I sort of, many years ago when I was a kid, I asked my granddad about like, you know, he lived through both world wars. When the first world war, he was like seven years old or so. And it's like, so what was that like? And it was like, well, you know, we, we, he came from a mountainous region in Veneto, very close to the border with um, Austria. And he was saying, I would hear the machine guns at night. And if I looked out of my window, I could see like little fire sometimes. And I would just hear, ta 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 I was like, and I was like, I was pretty young when I asked him that. I was like, geez, man, how, how did you sleep, Grandpa? It's like, I slept well. As long as I could hear machine gun fire, it meant they were fighting. If the machine gun fire stopped, then, then I would worry. <laughs> but it's true. Is it? And he was a kid. He was a very logical man, my granddad. He's an awesome guy. But yeah, it's it's amazing what human beings get used to. It's like, yeah, there's rockets flying all over the place. Ah, that's all right. Where's my sandwich? <laughs> it's just... And what's... <clears throat> what really... Um, I mean, it shouldn't have surprised me but it did, was how the Israeli media went from, you know, pumping and blaring the uh, COVID, uh, well, bullshit, yeah. at full volume. And I mean, it was like you had special graphics and you had like the daily ticker of how many people are dead and how many people got the, got the vaccine. And then the moment that the, uh, you know, that some rockets started firing in the south, yeah. everything was dropped. Everything went back to the whole, um, you know, to uh, to talking about war, and they were just, you know, pulling out graphics from the, uh, from when was it? From I think 2015 was the last flare-up, because of course during the reign of uh, the King Emperor Trump, you know, may he rest in peace soon, probably. <laughs> suddenly the Middle East was in peace. Yeah. So 2015 was the last flare-up. You know, now Trump's out. And the COVID uh, hysteria was reaching its, uh, was starting to, you know, get uh, diminishing returns. So there, <laughs> it was just so, so obviously synthetic. Yeah. That it was just, you know, let's push that hysteria button, see if we can squeeze out some, you know, some more juice from their amygdalas. Yeah, um, I've, I've, uh, my brother's, my brother's got COVID. That's, uh, that's the news. Uh, he's done me a little video which I, I need to actually sent you guys uh, I, i'm gonna put it up at some point when he does me um he said he's gonna do a little stream because there's like um 
celery juice. He hates it. He, he gags just smelling this stuff. And he's like, he just downs a glass of it now because he's got no taste buds working whatsoever. So it's, it's quite, it's quite hilarious. Um, but um, he says people are dying like flies out there over it. Like somebody knows oh, drop sure. dead, and um, it's quite, it's quite weird trying to understand what's going on. I've got my own working theory, which is because it's a bioengineered thing that every few months they it, you know they release a new strain that actually kills a bunch of people but then it only lasts two or three months before it mutates so i reckon they've probably figured out to do how to bioengineer the thing so that it's deadly for like two three months for certain groups of people apparently it seems like africans and asians are more susceptible to it um and then you know it mutates because it mutates every like six weeks or something and it just like yeah becomes a fart in the air again since it's synthetic it's probably not very stable yeah uh, what is becoming very clear though is that of course the uh, fake vaccines are extremely dangerous and deadly fucking things there's like medical journals now coming out with like how it's toxic and you know if you read vox's blog he keeps up with that stuff quite a bit um yep. so yeah i mean, I mean i just I can't, for the life of me, I can't understand why you would inject into yourself something that in any way alters your DNA. Exactly. And it's forever. Yes, Once... yes, I know that technically it doesn't change our DNA. I know. It just modifies the mRNA a bit. It, it's forever. To constantly produce the spike, you know, those spike uh, proteins. Once you've done that, that's in you, that's in any kids you would have if you could even have kids after doing that. It's, it's forever. Not it necessarily because the genetic code is self-correcting. And what, what I'm really... Yeah, um, but I mean, that, you know, we, we don't have any long-term you know, tests on this. Exactly. That's you know, like at saying, at oh. At some point, the genetic, the genetic code is going to be going like, okay, we have this alien inside here in, in the messenger sequence. And then the DNA is going to start trying to correct the mRNA. I mean, that's like saying, I'm going to put some random crap in my fuel tank of my car. It might not blow it up. It could be fine. <clears throat> it, it might still drive fine. What the fuck? No. And, you know, you know when you say, oh, it not necessarily affects your, your kids. Well, it kind of does because you've now got some junk in your genetic material that shit gets passed down somehow mm. you know that there like epigenetics is a thing and this is not even epigenetics this is actually affecting your cells so i yeah. would absolutely I mean, the thing, the thing that's more um i'd say worrying as far as you know your you know actually your posterity is these actual spike proteins that yeah. your body is making and that everyone around you has also been you know vaccinated is now starting to shed yeah well, I, we've been recently to our reproductive uh, tissues. Yeah, we, we've been recently not very well. Um, you know, we're over it now. I'm, I'm like on the end of it, and uh, the most loyal henchmen also. But we all and and I think that was from a guy that came to came over who had both shots of the vaccine. I think that's probably what did it because, you know, we're pretty isolated here. I mean, there's no. Um, well, the little Viking, mind you, I think it's a combination because the little Viking had a birthday 
and we had some people over that, that had a kid with a snotty nose so there was that yeah but you know that kid goes to um uh, a little a crash i guess um because his parents are both working and stuff so he picks up whatever's being shed out there you know by, by the fucking truckload so yeah, that is, that's, that's that. normal with children yeah and then no but it, this this is not normal flu that's the thing it was like feel really weak but you don't have a fever and it lasts for a couple of days and then it's like then you do get a fever and you get sweats and a headache and then it's like you get over it and it takes about about a week i'd say to to get over so it was it was a weird flu it's not like a flu like i've ever had before but you see this is the other thing i'm thinking which is it's quite clear that the people that are running all this shit they're not getting those vaccines done and although i don't ever trust them to not be complete fucking retards and fucking everything up so you know that's the downside but you would expect them to have figured out how to do this and get people to like suicide themselves with the vaccine without it affecting them um now i don't think so you think they're so stupid that they've done it in a way that it will affect them as well no my uh my working assumption is that everything that's happening right now is a uh a test run um this is this is something of a uh, intuition leap so i honestly don't have a whole lot to support it yeah but just uh it's a it's a feeling that's mounted for the last few months um, and just a whole bunch of realizations about just how synthetic our culture is yeah and just how controlled it is and um just if you impose like this um, assumption on events, right? So you have the uh, the Chinese flu, mm-hmm. right? Which was being we know it has been was being tested on in the Wuhan laboratory. Yeah, that's not that's not a uh, no. That's, that's a, not a guess. That's a we fact. Know it. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is that it behaves in a way that is um, well, uh, optimal for spreading something else. Now, the thing is, this thing um, escaped the lab while Trump was in power. So what I think is that its first um, spread was um, accidental, was an actual accident. Yeah, I don't believe that. But everything that followed is an opportunistic um, yeah. like latch on by, well, the powers that be, the cabal, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. They so latched onto it. I don't believe that it was an accident at all. Uh, for a simple reason okay. that the Perbright Institute, which is in based in the UK and is funded by you know Billy Goat Gates and his uh, yes. tranny husband, um, were hiring people and that they have screen captured the adverts from 2014, 2015, geneticists to develop the coronavirus flu that is supposedly affecting avians and humans and to see how it jumps to humans. So they were basically yes. hiring people to develop this coronavirus in in, in layman's terms, right? Um, and they uh, they also caught a Canadian diplomat with a diplomatic bag that had two versions of the coronavirus, a really deadly version and a less deadly version. So what I think they did, 
is they released a really deadly version in China because I'm sure there was like a lot of people getting dying there. And the reason that also originally when it was released, I mean, I got friends in Italy, I got family in Italy, I got doctors in my family. I know for a fact that in Italy a shitload of people died in the northern of Italy when it, when it first came out. That wasn't lies. And that's why based on those assumptions, I was like, well, fuck, this thing is dangerous. Why did that happen? Because there was a huge flux of Chinese people into northern Italy in December, November, December, October. Another thing that maybe most people don't know is that places like Venice and so on are like riddled with Chinese people. But there was an even bigger flux in the November, December, January months of um, 1920 of Chinese people to the north of Italy. So these guys have now been infected with the virulent form. They get here, a whole bunch of people die, two, three, four months pass, it mutates, it becomes less dangerous. So my working theory is the elite guys that have created this, they're basically, they've got a shitload of money. They can isolate much better than you or I. And, you know, although I'm isolating pretty well, really, but, you know, they've got like, Bill Gates is now the biggest farm own, farmland owner in the United States. So those guys have got huge compounds where no humans yeah. get anywhere near. They don't get affected and a lot by of it. bunkers in New Zealand. Exactly. They don't get affected by any of this shit. It's all going flying out there and whatever. And they're kind of like, yeah. And after everybody takes the vaccine and we push the kill switch or whatever, there's going to be the mess of the millions of dead bodies happening. Maybe in stages, maybe all at once, who knows. But once all, all that's done, eh, the virus will be gone because it only has a life of three months, six months, whatever the hell. So my working assumption is if you're somebody that doesn't take the vaccine, who doesn't, oh, by the way, there's a document that I've shared internally with some friends in my little Kurganet. The PCR tests apparently um, create... This was tested in a Slovakian hospital. They've done tests on this. So the PCR tests inject something into your system that creates um, artificial structures in your cells that are electromagnetic. Um, and, and you see the photos. Of the fo got photographs of these cell structures, and they're like Actually, artificial. I've also seen videos on, uh, on BitChute of people who swiped a, set, a testing set from a testing tab. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the, the filaments are... They're, um, they're electromagnetically active. Like if you pass yeah. a uh, those things that you know measure current yeah. around the test, it registers. And not just that, and but what's really things... weird is if you tear a little bit off, yeah, the filament's still there. They try to rejoin each other. Yeah, the other weird thing they're is actively that actively moving. The, the the other weird thing is it forms like um, a crystal in your cell that makes your cell become um, electromagnetically. Resonant, I'm guessing. I, I don't know exactly, I forget now because I read it a few days ago, a week ago. But if you can see the crystal lattice structure, it's very rectangular in shape. And um, But apparently the, the cool thing is that if you've got antibodies from COVID, if you've had COVID and you've got the antibodies, and it degrades the structure. And if you take invermethacin, it fucking wipes it out. That's why they're banning invermethacin. Because if you take the tests and repeat the tests, keep in mind that they're like doing school children are having to do two tests a week now in the in the UK and places like that. So it is absolutely evil incarnate, this shit. 
But my thing is like, if you can keep away from that stuff, keep away from the tests, keep away from, make sure you don't get, you know, vaxxed and whatever, eventually when it all kicks off, there is going to be a population of people that are immune to all the shit, just like the elite are. Now, they're invariably going to try and round us up or whatever. I don't, I don't know what their plan is. But I'm also thinking the world's population... With what? With their... Exactly. With their robot idiot fucking morons that are like, hey, we actually got to stay alive because we do what we're told. Private armies, whatever. I don't know. But the thing is, the world's population will have jumped IQ-wise by about 30 fucking points anyways. So... If the people like us stay alive, keep in touch, and create meat space, um, sorry, just someone came into the shop. That's fine. If you have to do your stuff, I'll, you know. No, no. Um, he just thought you were talking yeah. to yourself. <laughs> I mean, creating creating like meat space communities is the absolute thing you have to do, and yep. uh, preferably places you know with uh, lots of sunshine, uh, clean yeah. groundwater, yeah, and uh, <laughs> clean soil. Yep, which uh, I've got all those things pretty much. Um, Some good firing lines. Yeah, the the the, the groundwater is somewhat of an issue, but not not a huge issue because i mean if um, you have fireflies it means that your water is at least clean enough for them oh we've got fireflies we've got frogs and you know you can always boil water right you can literally take water that's run off boil the crap out of it and you won't die from drinking it you know there are some bugs that are pretty resistant but um plus it rains it snows you know there are actually to the, the reason I'm saying that is because we've got like two or three different little rivers on our property, but they can be contaminated with runoff because one of the problems in rural areas here is that they're not connected to the main sewage system. So what happens is right. the houses have their own bio kind of runoff thing, which gets filtered through stones and crap and moss. But, you know, that stuff still has, you know, bacteria in it and all sorts of stuff. So it's not great, but there are some, some, there's like a little river at the bottom of our property, which is not, I wouldn't drink from that. But um, there is another one of one of the cliff faces, which is a bit cleaner because it's going to have less pollution from the other houses. You know, th there are options, put it that way. And we have a yeah. well, which has got a well pump, which I'm still trying to figure out is the well pump working, you know, because the, the problem with the electrics in this place is because I got cut all the wires everywhere, I'm still trying to figure out where all the connections are, because some of them just keep sparking, so I had to switch off some things so they don't keep tripping the, the lights. But I'll eventually figure it out, and if need be, you know, we can we can dig a, a well. Um, if there's groundwater underneath, it's, it's fine. And you can also... You know, you can always chlorinate the water or whatever if you have to. That's always an option. But, um, you know, circling back to the whole thing about um, whether this is fully planned or not, I honestly still think that uh, because of Trump, they had the, uh, 
they pushed their plans forward a year or two simply because like at the very beginning when you'd think they'd want their messaging to be on point they were very chaotic for the first two or three months and they let a lot of real information get through oh yeah they I, it's not been ideal for them but you know it's abs i'm absolutely certain that this thing was completely planned because they had oh, documents but it might have were... been planned for you know 2020. Yeah, the, the original document that I saw that was written in 2017 was talking about 2025-2028. And, and in that All document... Right. So they, they, they might have actually brought their plans forward by five years. Yeah, they, they actually, in that document, the fi it was on an Anne Barnhart um, post. She actually put the link to the PDF and I downloaded it, 72 pages or something. Where they and they actually describe the anti-vaxxers, we can marginalize them because nobody will really listen to them anyways. And then when people start dying because of the vaccine, we'll have to talk about that a little bit. But really, we don't need to make a big yeah. deal of it. So there's an interesting thing about this um, about vax, um, like the American uh, CDC, I think it's called. They actually made a specific application that if you got the vaccine, you got a bad uh, reaction from it. Instead of reporting normal uh, through normal uh, channels, you report with it with this app. Yeah. And the guy who wrote this app died from the not vax. It was it was on the? I mean, <clears throat> on the one hand, darkly hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but um, well, yeah, they, I mean, they're it, doing everything they can to try and control control the spread of information. Yeah, so th that's why Telegram is a pretty good uh, thing to have. And that's why actually getting rid of phones altogether and just it's talking to people Michael. face to face. Thank you very much. And we can we can just Wait. hope that are you in Israel or Japan? You're saying thank you in Japanese. Arigato. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um, yeah, Pion Bear says that he has to go, but he says, uh, Laudetur Jesus Christus in secula secularum. I mean, indeed. Amen. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, since I'm stuck here for now, I'm honestly, and Israel is so small, there is nowhere to hide. It's not like I can actually go start a community in the hills or something. Yeah. There's no, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, due to me talking with you and, uh, you know, being an out and out say day, I'm pretty sure I'm already like, you know, on record as uh, far as the, uh, you know, internal security of, organs are concerned. Yeah, I'm pretty much sure if you're talking to me, you are, because <laughs> I'm sure I'm on a bunch of lists. So there's no, it's in, in some ways it's almost, it's almost liberating because I know that there's. There's nowhere for me to hide. There's nowhere for me to run. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens. It's just. But now, how is it in Israel? Is it like, are they forcing everybody to get a vaccine or how does it work? Uh, no, they're actually, this is one of the reasons I think Israel is a synthetic nation is because um, Israel has been prepared with a, a massive amount of internal social pressure to conform. Yeah. 
<clears throat> because of the way you grow up here in Israel, where, you know, at 16, you know, you go to the military to get your first checkups and they decide your profile, yeah. etc. And at 18, you go into the army, you know, yeah. unless you have, you know, a religious exemption and then you go into national service instead. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's a very, there's a very like a strong expectation of, you know, how you behave. Yeah. So, because no, no. what surprised like me a, was that the, the level of vaccination in Israel is really high. Yeah, there's a, like there's five point some five point seven million vaccinated people, and at total, least that's the total, you know, media reports. Yeah. Total total number of people in Israel, sixteen million. Uh, eight million if you include the Arabs. Right. Wow. Yeah, who knows if the media reports are true? That's always the, the issue. That's but. that's another question. But the thing is, <coughs> that, like, um, I mean, I ask people, and even people who were hesitant about it or didn't want to get it got it. Yeah, yeah, we're seeing that. So, so I, I honestly don't know. It's like it seems like the only people who didn't get it are either uh, conspiracy theorists yeah. or other workaholics who just don't feel like taking off time from work to go get the vaccine. Yeah. Those basically seem to be the two populations who haven't gotten it. And um, I'm guessing your situation with regard to your debt and all that, is that still more or less the same? Is that improved? Uh, it's it's improved somewhat because, I mean, I'm, I've, I've started paying down one of my debts, but... Yeah. Uh, That, that's simply a matter of time. It's just a matter of, you know, turning the wheel and grinding it down. It's not a... And if you turn the wheel and grind a, it down barrier. as hard as possible, how long will it be before that's all done and dusted? That depends on the legal system, whether they decide to be punitive or to be correct. If they decide right. to be punitive, up to two years. Right. And if it's corrective... And it's corrective a year and a bit. Okay. And there's nothing you can do to shorten that? Uh, big gobs of money. Right. So what if so, we did, just just throwing it out there, what if we did a, uh, a GoFundMe type thing? Would that work? Maybe. The thing is that... Um, if I got that money from a GoFundMe, yeah. it would probably be considered an external, um, like some sort of, it would not be considered charity, it would be considered an external income, and then that would be taxed as well. Okay, and what kind of percentage would the tax take? Probably 50%. Okay, and then the rest you could apply to the debt? Yeah, so I... I mean, it's just. I mean, I don't know if you want to put this out there, so feel free to ignore the Not question. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. I, I didn't mean I to do, go fund I do, have I, some, oh. I do have a few like gobs yeah. of money lying around, yeah. which thankfully are protected. I have a bit of an inheritance from my grandmother. Yeah. I have a few years of uh, what's called uh, well, pension savings, which I can open up. Yeah. There's all sorts of stuff I can do. But I only want to do it once the verdict is given and I know what I'm standing in front of. Oh, right. Okay. Because if I open it up oh. now, yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. going to add it to the, to the yeah. tally. 
it's not going to help me. I see. And when is that verdict going to be given? You, you have no clue on that. No, no clue whatsoever. Shadow. There is so, there is not even a a kind of um, you know past issue past cases to go on as a timeline more or less. There are, but at this point, mostly because of the whole uh, COVID yeah. bullshit, they're all thrown then, out. Uh, yeah. Everything's been thrown out because of as as it's like some some of these uh, like. Like meetings aren't even done in person, and I'm just given an email and told this is a decision. Yeah. You know, you have such and such days to, uh, you know, to request whatever. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the lawyers don't even show up. Sometimes the judge doesn't show up. Yeah. Sometimes the courthouse is closed. Fucking. Yeah. So normally, in, in... no. <laughs> Uh, so if in a normal situation, sorry, in, in a normal situation, how long would it take? You think? In a normal situation, uh, they try to squeeze you as hard as possible, but they generally get to a verdict in three months. Oh, wow. And how long has this been going on for you now? This has been dragging on now. Well, since, uh, since the Corona started. Oh wow! So over a year now, two years almost. Mm -hmm. Jeez, that is uh, that's not good. Yeah. Yep. No, but uh, I mean, you know how uh, you know Vox likes to talk about how um, the civilization in Italy is pre-collapsed. So yep. in Israel, there never has been a civilization. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, there's no. I know what. I kind of know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> it's just no there's, no. there's no real order here. The moment the moment things are out of out of sync, yeah. they just stay out of sync. I see behind you on the lower shelf. It looks like you might have some of the good vodka. Always assuming it's the real stuff and not uh, Russian standard. Yeah, it's drinkable. Oh no, Russian standard is like you said, drinkable. It's not good stuff. <laughs> you mean beluga? Yeah, I can't. I can't really see There's the label. Little, uh, which which one is the thing on it? <laughs> which one is the best vodka you got there? The best we have. Uh, we have the Van Gogh and we have the Grey Goose. I think are actually French. Oh. Can't be the best if it's French. <laughs> Look, with all, I mean, I, I, I say this in jest, well, only half in jest, yeah. but I'm pretty sure that the, the French exist for, well, they exist because of, uh, what's her name, uh, Jean d'Arc. Uh -huh. They exist because of Frederick Bastiat, and they exist because they make good wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you've been keeping up with um, Vox's blog. The, the, the recent post they did on World War Two was just that was just man. And I gotta admit, oh, and I've also mentioned earlier on the stream. I don't know if you were already in here. Where uh, there's a photograph with Bergoglio surrounded by like all these Jewish. Guys. I mean, you can kind of see why some people 
for no particular reason out of nowhere suddenly decides to make camps <laughs> you know <laughs> despite the fact that there are not gas chambers in them you know they might just <laughs> it's like yeah fuck. the thing the thing is that the whole um so since since i studied in yeshiva i also got my hands on a lot of old books yeah like old as in from 1950s here in israel yeah and you you don't read any references to the Holocaust in those books. You might find references to what they call the destruction of European Jewry, Jewry or Judaism, yeah. Yeah. Um, Second World War, etc., after the Great War and stuff like that. The Holocaust, as we now you know conceive yeah. of it, is yeah. a recent like construction. I found this website. And beyond that, yeah. Sorry. No, sorry. Beyond that, sorry. you can if you can see the various uh, like organizations that started the uh, constructing construction of Israel, they were in talks with the Nazi with the Nazi regime. Yeah. You know to to get to get Jews to Israel or yeah. back then Palestine. Yep. That's that's the freaky there's, thing. Like when you, when you actually look, there's a website that uh, one of uh, I think is a is a one of the guys in the chat sent me or mentioned it it's called inconvenient history if you just google it you'll find it it's a brilliant website i didn't know you know there was it's like very well referenced uh, information and and funnily enough i still have a book which is still packed away because one of the million things i haven't done is sort out the library part of the house um written by an american uh so military guy and officer closely after the the end of the war who was basically saying this is all bullshit you know <laughs> and um explaining what's really sort of what was really going on and th that's the thing it's um you know once you actually start to understand what really happened you, you realize it's always been covid it's always been satanistic crap it's always been a gigantic, massive, mass murdering lie. You know, being of course Venetian, we are uh, somewhat immune to the whole authority, believe the government, and the sky is blue, you know, all that shit. We're, we're just like, yep, if it's a guy in a position of authority, he's obviously lying, trying to kill you and rob you. That's just, you know, from when we're small children, we know this. Um, but even I, I'm somewhat surprised, I wouldn't say shocked, shocked is too strong a word, but even I am somewhat surprised at the level of deception that we have all been subjected to. And I'm not just talking about the basic stuff, you know, like feminism, communism, equal rights for all, all that shit that you, mm -hmm. you grew up thinking, oh, that sounds really good. Said, yeah, that's great. If you, turn, if you turn history on a certain like axis, it almost looks like all of World War One and Two was about pillaging Germany of everything of value it had yeah including including its genetics that that pretty much sums it up i mean that the thing that still shocked me is like you know i've been reading looking into the nazi thing since i was a kid because it was so it just felt wrong from from when i was a child it's like how can a whole nation become such psychopathic fucks that doesn't make sense you know it's like what the hell drove these people and so I've been trying to figure it out, and I, I couldn't, you know. And but the the thing that I read on the inconvenient history website is like, quite possibly, Joseph Mengele was not 
the evil son of a bitch that they made him up to be doing experiments and vivisections of twins and live kids and whatever. Now, the weird thing is, there's a bunch of documented twins that were in the camps that were alive and well, that survived the camps. And Mengele was on record saying, but I didn't fucking hurt anybody. I was there when the, the selection for the selection of people came. I was there with every train because I was trying to save as many people as possible. Um, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. The, the, very, the very idea of like forgiving a Mengele, you know, makes my skin crawl, <laughs> to be honest with you. But then on the other side, I'm like, but what do I actually know for myself? What can I actually say to myself? No, that is absolutely a fact that he was involved in X. I don't know shit. And, and it, you can't know anything because it's like, yeah. unless you were there, it's so mired in bullshit and lies. And who Even knows? if you weren't there, you'd only see a tiny slice of it. The thing is, I saw an interview that was done with his son, and you can see his son is absolutely haunted. I mean, you can see it in the man's face, because his son didn't really know him, but he went all the way to Brazil to meet with him when he was already adult. And his son was like, well, I asked, you know, it was completely um, unprofitable to try and discuss this stuff with him because he would just lose his temper, and it would tell me, how could I, his son, believe that he did any of those things, and so on. And I told him, okay, even if you didn't do those things, the fact that you stayed in Auschwitz and you remained there is completely intolerable to me. It's inhuman, and I don't know how you could have just put up with it. And there, there, I, to a certain extent, that scene, that man, absolutely so clearly haunted by who his father was and who he believed his father to be, saying that to his dad, that made me think, you don't know what the fuck was going on. You believed what they brainwashed you to believe about your father, but you haven't got a fucking clue. Because... And there's... And if you, if, even if you take it, like, um, Mengele, Mengele and his son is like a very small slice of it. Yeah. But, you know, think of, um, like, if you, send, if you go to the big picture and you go it's to fractal. all the occultic stuff... Yeah. But if you go to all the occult things that were happening during World War II, yeah, and then you think to yourself, like uh, you had the Black Sense Society, the what is it, the Thule yeah. Society, yeah, yeah, of the Germans, and the OIC of uh, the British, yeah, they were they were an occult society, yeah. Well, they, you had they don't, the they don't talk about it much. Golden Dawn, all that stuff. You had the Golden Dawn, and then you had you had the the Nazi persecution of Catholics, yeah. Uh, I mean, you had you had the uh, like, and this this is this is where where it starts becoming really um, weird and bloody, where it starts looking like a lot of these people, along with the various um, like really old, old you know Jewish money families, yeah, like they were enacting a blood sacrifice of their own people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it does. Look and I'm, I'm I'm starting to wonder like what. What, what is the spiritual undercurrent that went throughout World War II? You know, how much of it was prepared in World War I? Because World War yeah. I, if you start looking at it from this lens, uh, it starts looking like a mass human sacrifice. Uh, it's absolutely. World War, World War II was simply a continuation of World War I. That, that is obvious to anybody who's looked into it at any, you know, more than just a bare surface scratching level. It's, it's quite clear. Yeah. 
But, um, you know, the, the other thing is, it's so, what I meant, you know, it's like, so that son was judging Mengele for having remained in the camp. But if Mengele was telling the truth, he was staying in the camp because that was a place where he could try and save as many people as possible. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what would I have done if I'd been posted in fucking Auschwitz? Because in my mind, if I'd been posted there and I saw what was going on, to go away from there, to say, no, put me somewhere else, I would have never been able to sleep at night again because it's like I fucking let, I, I cowered out, I bitched out. Because that is the, you know, if, if that is the, the seat of evil, if that's where the worst shit is happening and I'm there, then it's on me to try and do whatever the fuck I can. And the reality of, of, of war is you cannot do a tenth of what you want to do. You know, if you've ever read reports of what, like what happened in Yugoslavia and that, you know, all the heroic shit you see in Hollywood. No. You, do you know what war is? War is like you might have to kill a kid so that you can feed your kid. That's fucking war, you know. You know, on a less, on a less um, horrifying scale, I mean, I know a bunch of people who have been to war. Yeah. Very small scale wars. Like I know a guy who uh, was in a was in a special unit. You know, they uh, they stormed a house, and the guy got a bullet right here. Yeah. It shattered the like the entire like you know this part of his lower uh, yeah. jaw, and then lodged in his throat like through the windpipe and just lodged in the, uh, in the vein here. Yeah. And, uh, it's one of those things, you know, it's just a naked providence. Like he had a bullet lodged in his vein, which was basically stopping him from bleeding out. Yeah. But it was making air leak, you know, because it opened up all of this. So air was leaking out and it just so happened for there to be a, uh, like world renowned vascular expert, you know, in Jerusalem, you know, in a hospital in Jerusalem yeah. that day, you know, visiting from abroad. Yeah. It's like, you know, just what you call like complete and utter, you know, naked yeah. providence that this yeah. man was there and saved him. Yeah. But, and it was just like a, and, you know, but for him, this guy, he was, uh, I mean, he's from special, special, you know, forces unit. It was just, you know, like, you know, one more day of, you know, canvassing through a, uh, like a hostile, you know, uh, a hostile village and yeah. you know grabbing grabbing a guy it was like a completely mundane thing yeah or another guy i know who was in the regular forces he was a combat medic and he was in he was uh in the second lebanese war which i don't know much, i don't know what if you heard much of it but it was an absolute shit show it was yeah I, I mean it's again it's one of those things that's so covered in fucking clouds of bullshit that it's hard to know what really happened there. yeah because I can, I can, I can only talk like from his perspective. Yeah. And he's a medic, and he's going, you know, to get his equipment, and they're giving him like equipment that's out of date, dusty, <laughs> and you know, completely like a, and b- barely fit for purpose. He has to go to a, to one of the hospitals up north and beg, you know, for a saline, you know, saline mixture and yeah. uh, you know, needles and you know, and just clean medical equipment, so that he can go with his unit, you know, into into Lebanon. You know, and his his unit gets massacred. Of course, you know he left he left Israel. You know, and uh, I think he lives in the United States now, because it was it was basically a sort of uh, like a, a turning point in um, like strategic thinking, where the generals thought they can control everything with drones and uh, and cameras and uh, <laughs> you know as as if technology changes the nature of war. 
you know, that's the, the, the hilarious thing to me about that is like the Afghanis who've been at war constantly for 4,000 years and are using matchlock <laughs> rifles, stones, improvised explosive devices and farts are basically kicking the ass of America who like invaded their country and tried to kill as many of them as possible. And those guys, that's what you don't understand. Look, America's actually lost every fucking war they, they joined, they went into. They got their ass kicked by the Vietnamese, for fuck's sakes. Those guys were literally digging tunnels and stabbing people with spears, and they won. It's Although, in the case of Vietnam, you can make the claim that they lost it because their own media betrayed them. But whatever. I mean, as far... But those as little far, yellow as as guys Lebanon were goes, kicking people. It's also a mountain country full of mountain people. Yeah. And the only thing that let Israel, you know, maintain a degree of control there for a while, at least, you know, before the 1980s, was that they allied themselves with the, uh, what was then called uh, Tzadal, Tzvadom Lebanon, the, uh, which was basically the Christian militias oh. of Lebanese Christians. Yeah, yeah. So they basically, um, Israel basically mobilized and... Uh, uh, armed the Christians of South Lebanon yeah. to help them control Lebanon. Yeah. And like every, you know, tin pot empire, when they decided to finally retreat from the mountain areas, which are unrule, you know, which are unrulable, they left most of those people, you know, to the tender mercies of their Muslim neighbors. Yeah. With a few exceptions of, you know, ranking officers that were offered a shelter within northern Israel. Yeah. Usual story. More is a nasty business. Yeah. Well, but I'm glad to see that you're uh, you're doing well anyway. That you didn't get bombed. And uh, um, oh, what was the other thing you told were telling me? I think that you're saying that in order to you know even if you could travel, you can't travel out of Israel without the vaccine or something. Yeah. Wow. There's no. Uh... No, no border pass will let me through. Even if you show that At you're non-contagious, you don't have anything. Since I'm going to refuse, I would. I'm going to. It's like you know the the PCR thing. Yeah. Even if it didn't have the whole. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Building a lattice work in your yeah. uh, in your you know, brain near, near your ocular nerve and all that. Yeah. No one is sticking a toothpick into my nose and wriggling it around. Yeah. But there are other tests that you can do. Um, I know because uh, another loyal henchman recently came over and um, it wasn't one of those like jab it up the nose or, or at least not all the way back. It's just like the usual n normal. I mean, nose. if it's just a swab or blood test, yeah. that's not a problem. Yeah. But um, I mean, the whole, the whole whether they're letting me out or not due to the vaccinate to my vaccinated status is academic at this yeah. point. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, I don't know. Um, maybe, you know, yeah. ping me an email or something. Let me know a little bit more details if you want to see if we can't fucking help you kill that off somehow. Uh, who knows? You know. So. I'll burn that bridge when I get to it. Good right man. now. That's and... the attitude. <laughs> Right now, right now, it really is just. I mean, there's this one debt that's really sitting on my neck right now because it's a debt to my employer because I took a oh. loan from him. Right. So I have to pay that down, and that's that's uh, that thing is really sitting like right here. Okay. Until well, I finish it. 
And isn't is that the one you've started paying off, or is it another one? Yes. Okay. Well, again, like I said, you know, up up to you. But yeah, let, let us know. Maybe we can shorten the time or or the pain or something. I don't know. Maybe there's something that can be done. Maybe, and maybe this is just penance for years of living like a alley cat. Well, you know, there's many ways to do penance, and also, you don't know. You know, I was just having that conversation today. You, you don't know, you know, it's the story of the old man and the horse and the sun and the, the war, you know. You don't know what's good for you. You don't know what's bad for you. You know, the fact that a, essentially a random stranger on the internet is saying, hey, let me know what your situation is. Maybe we can find some people to throw some money at it. And I don't know that I know enough people that will make a difference. But you don't know. Maybe that's what's meant to happen. So... You know, unless you've got some 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 other instinct that tells you, no, I don't want to get involved in that at all. Why not? You know, let, let's let's see what we can do. No, it's time. more it's more of a thing that I'm I'm just not sure where I'm supposed to be. That's more of a well. That's why there. this might be happening. So you might be able to find out. You know, if um, I mean, if you think about it. The little Kurganet is slowly growing, you know. <laughs> so, and uh, it's not that hard to, to, to live in this country. So, I mean, in some respects, it's awful. And the paperwork alone makes me want to burn the whole place. From Like I was talking to the guy at the post office, and, and he says, you know, what do you mean a little revolution? We need a big one. We need to take out all the bastards at the top. And like I said, this is a government employee who works at the post office, right? And he was more incensed about the fact that I had to wait an hour to like pay this stupid tax of one euro twenty-seven. Um, he's like, we should burn them all out of their nests. And I said, I'll, I'll let you just deal with the, the customer there. Sumashish, seems again. Yeah. You really had to go all the way to the post office to pay a fine of a euro? No, it's not a fine. This was just because I'm, I'm putting in some other paperwork, which is like, I mean, the, the absurdity of it is, you know, I have to get one of my um, passport photos, uh, what do you call it, authenticated to show that it really is me. But the only people that can do this are the censor people in the council. And it's like, okay. if I'd gone there five minutes later, I would have had a different guy on the door who would have just said, yeah, just go up. And instead, I got the little fucking Karen, young Karen bitch, who'd like, well, the next appointment you can have is a week from now. I was like, oh, fuck off. You know, I've been up to that place like 20 times without an appointment ever. But now it's like an L because she wrote it down. Like, okay, whatever, just chill. And as part of this paperwork process that I'm doing for various things, because I'm, I'm doing... You know, I'm the only one that speaks fluent Italian, so I'm the one that has to read all the little... I had to change my car insurance and all that. It's just a fucking mess. And nobody knows what you have to do. That's the other thing. Because while I, there was this... So the, there was an element of payment for this paperwork, but that's been done away with. But this stamp duty tax has not been done away with by the government, so you have to pay that separately. 
So I went there and I'm like, okay, let me just fucking pay this thing. And he got, you know, he started doing it on like this paperwork. And he goes, no, 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 wait, I'm going to do it in the triplicate. Because in the triplicate, then you've got a copy, they've got a copy, and there's another copy just because you know how it is in this fucking country. You think it's simple, right? You have to go pay a bill. And then you go there and it's like, oh, no, I can't pay a bill. Because, oh, the other thing is you told me, but why don't you just go to the cop station to get your thing authenticated? And I was like, it says here on the form that you're showing me that they can do it. I said, I know. I phoned the cop and I asked him, can I just do it with you? And he said, you could if I had the stamp. Don't have the stamp. And, and that's when the post office guy lost it. And he was like, what the fuck is wrong with us? I mean, look at this. It's ridiculous. Does it make sense to you that you have to come here for one euro 27? Because they can't be bothered to fix it. What the hell? And that guy doesn't have a stamp. You're supposed to just go and pay, right? But I'm just not going to go and pay a bill. No, no, it's never that simple. You're going to pay the bill because, yeah, but I don't have the paper for you to pay the bill. And so you have to go to the other guy to buy that. It's just, and it's all like that. I mean, even yeah. the, the immigration people, like we've been to them for my most loyal henchmen. And they're basically like, we don't know what to do with your situation. I'm like, what the fuck you mean you don't know what to do with? That's why we came here. We've got all the paperwork. We've showed you that when we arrived. You know, it should all be like part of the Brexit thing. Yeah, in theory. But the thing is, you came in so close to the end that we don't have to deal with it. We don't have a form for it. I'm like, you guys make up the form. <sighs> Tell you what, I think you're supposed to go back there to get the visa. I'm like, so he has to leave now or what? No, 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 no. So the director of the place came out. This is the immigration director came out. Really nice lady. She came out and she goes, oh, no, 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 no. He's a nice boy. Look at him. He's pretty. He's got like nice, nice hair, nice, good, tall, good looking boy. Of course, we want him to stay, but he might just have to go back to do the visa from that side because I'm like, okay, so he has to go back today or what? No, no, no. This is not a deportation issue. This is not an immigration issue. Nobody's looking for him. He's not breaking any laws. He can't work. I said, well, he's not working. He's just, you know, living at my place. He helps me dig the ground sometimes. I don't pay him, you know, at all. <laughs> so it's not work. He's just helping me out. But yeah, yeah, that's fine. And uh, nobody's going to come and look for him or hunt him down or anything like that. You, you might have to go back. We have to do some more investigation. Before you go back, before you buy a ticket, and send me an email. Let's see what you can find out. I'll see what we can find out. Here's my personal email. Send me an email to this. That's my name. We'll see what we can do. I was like, okay, but so when do I have to do this by? Eh, you know, whenever. Don't, don't worry about it. I'm like, what? How the fuck is that a, an official like a position? Version than what I've been going through. It, it's just, you know, but to be fair, they don't have a form for it. There isn't a form for that situation. Nobody thought of it. But this has been my history of my entire life has been like this. They've got all these rules that like, oh, yeah, this will fit everybody. And then I come along and like, yeah, no, sorry, guys. It doesn't work for me because I've got this passport and I come from that country and I've got this certificate and I've got that diploma and then I've got this citizenship and I've got this permanent residence and I've got this other passport. So it doesn't fit your scheme. But the cool thing in Italy is that when that happens, you either get one of two reactions like, I don't know how to deal with this. Go to the next guy. They pass you on to somebody else <laughs> who also doesn't know how to deal with it. Eventually, you get somebody where, you know, I've already gone this because I said, listen, I've been to these guys and they've told me to come here. 
in order to come here, I have to phone you guys. When I phone you guys, and here's the phone number, you can see a call, you can see I spoke for X minutes to the one mobile number, it's a mobile number, that you call for one lady for the whole region, and she has to pick, you have to just keep trying until you get through. And I got through. I got through twice, and I spoke to her. And the first time she told me, uh, we don't know how to deal with this, you have to go over there. And I was like, no, but it says here, I've been to these people, they told me I must come to you. And they said, yeah, but we don't know how to deal with it, so you have to go to the local military police. So I go to the local military police, and he goes, I don't know how the fuck to deal with this. As far as I'm concerned, you can stay as long as you want, do whatever the fuck you like, I don't care. But I'm not the guy that stamps that and says that. So I'm going to send you a special email with my special private email that, you know, the cops have to the people that you already phoned that told you that you should come here so that they can see you and sort it out. And that's where I met this lady who basically said, we don't know what the fuck to do. You talk to Rome and then we'll talk to Rome and we'll figure it out. You know, that's Italy. That's basically Italy throughout. You go and buy a fucking you coffee. Here in Israel, it's very similar. But the thing is, to get that sort of treatment that goes around the rules, you need to be from the right family or know the right people. Oh, in Italy too. Or you have to just keep pushing everybody into the corner in the right way, because if you piss one of them off, that's it. And eventually you meet a human that goes, hey, this guy doesn't have a fucking cousin that I know, but he's not a bad guy and he's not trying to do anything wrong and he's just trying to follow the rules and we don't have the rules. So, uh, just fuck. I have to do some work now and figure out how to help him. That's what it boils down to. It's just yep. the one thing that I learned in Africa, patience. You just go like, eh, I don't know. Eh, I'm just going to sit here and I will wait because you are my friend. This is your job. No, you have to go now. No, but where can I go? I cannot go. I am here for your papers, your papers that you give me, that you have to say, I don't know. I don't know nothing. You have to help me. It's your job. I can't do your job. And you just do that. And eventually they're like, Fuck, we gotta help this black dude, even though he's white. <laughs> and they do. <laughs> it's, it really is. At that same place, we're all queuing outside, like the wife, three kids, you know, there's like pregnant women. These two black guys. No, I want to go in. I never need a, 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 an appointment. I always come here without an appointment. I swear to God. If it wasn't that my situation, I was trying to figure out my situation for my wife and kids, so I didn't want to fuck anything up. If I'd been there on my own, <laughs> I would have gone up to that guy and told him, you're going to shut up now, or I'm going to knock all your teeth out, and maybe they'll arrest me, but you won't know about it, because you're going to be out, <laughs> you know? And the cops were like, listen, I care about you, but everybody here, you can see there's women, children, everybody has to do the same process. That's the number of your phone, you get the appointment. You don't have the appointment, you can't come here. If I don't have your name written down, you can't come here. And he explained it in three, four. I'm like thinking, dude, if this had been South Africa, it would have been shot by now. <laughs> you know, they would have removed the body. Then two other cops come out and sort of like, no, no, and they gently led him away while he was like bitching and crying and shouting. And I was like, wait a minute. You're in my country. I'm having to queue for two hours and you want to just jump the queue. And you're like from Senegal, I would, uh, dude, I'll send you back to Senegal one fucking hit. You fly there. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, and the patience just, of these cops was like unbelievable. 
there's I don't I don't know where it, it sometimes feels like the, this sort of person is like its own subspecies of humanity. <laughs> like the type of person. <laughs> now, you, you don't have that kind it, it of comes, mustache, but you see where I'm going with this. <laughs> but, the, but, the, but the thing is, these people, like, they cross all cultures. It's the people who think that fairness means I get treated well. Yeah. Like, and they, they, you, you find them everywhere. And they're psychopathic and just, bastards they're, that actually they get further ahead often. You know, they either end up in yeah, jail they, or they meet their own guy. These are the people who, you know, in a more civilized age, i.e. 30 years ago, they'd simply get punched in the face. Yep. For doing their public drama. And then they'd learn to stop. And in, in even more civilized so age, nice about them, 300 years ago. Going. Yeah, exactly right. And about 300 years ago, they wouldn't get punched in the face. They'd get their head cut off. And then there wasn't any of these people around. Unfortunately, we've become so civilized that the village idiots stayed at home and reproduced and outnumbered us. That's what happened. It's uh, sad. Oh, well. well. I think we're now going through the great filter of the village idiots. So we'll yeah. see who comes out on the other side. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I was just thinking the other day, you know, like, I mean, like, there's no doubt that the year 1095, 1098, if you're like walking your way to Jerusalem, that must have been hard. I mean, like unimaginably hard. But I'm not sure that it wasn't better because, yeah, you had no medicines, you know, you get like a rotten tooth, you die from it. Your kids probably only like half of them survived. I mean, you know, it was absolutely horrific shit was going on. The hardship was physical and in your face. Yeah, but the, on the other hand, you know, if a guy pissed you off, you could kill him. And everybody around you would just go like, well, he did piss you off, you know. He was rude. I'll give you that. Yeah. Can you pass the salt? <laughs> I mean, even, even 50 years ago, Yadwood was called, what is it? Uh, I think in the United States, at least, Yadwood was called uh, fighting words. Yeah. Like, you know, if someone insulted your parents, your wife or something like that, you know, giving, giving him a one-two to the face was completely normal and expected. Well, apparently, in Italy, we still have some semblance of that. In Italy, if two guys have a fight and neither one wants to press charges, nothing happens. But if there's three guys, it becomes a public riot and then oh. you're in shit. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you could still have the like, listen, step outside. It's just me and you and one of us is going to get the shit kicked out of him. You know, as long as he's also got a word and, and he's also honorable, you're okay. Which, of course, doesn't happen anymore because, again, you know, if, fuck, that would solve all my problems throughout most of the time. You know, plus there's people that have done dodgy shit here with the sale, you know, there's just so much crap going on. It's like paperwork-wise, it's like fucking killing me. And to be fair, the work on the farm is hard. And there's a lot of it, and it's endless. But uh, I'd rather deal with that all day than like the, 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 the fucking bureaucratic nonsense. But you know, you have to deal mm. with the bureaucratic nonsense too. So you just gotta keep punching. Yeah. It does make me wonder, though. You know, what you were talking about Jerusalem in the like, well, year one thousand. The challenges that the Crusaders felt were fairly. Um, obvious and in their face. Not really. I'm just wondering if there ever was an age so 
you know, mired in lies and misdirection. As our age. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, th maybe, I think it was maybe because we're. I think maybe in the pagan eras things were so were just as confused. No, well, that's what I was going to say. You know, if you look at uh, whatever the time of the Iliad or the Odyssey or you know ancient Greece and so on, it was brutal. I mean, it was really, really rough, bad. And I think the overarching lie then wasn't, you know, the uh, the hardship of the average human was very clear. You know, you're a soldier, you're a slave, you're a woman, whatever. You're, your lot in life was pretty much determined by where you were born, luck, and how hard you could fight. So in that sense, it was very clear. But you had the whole pagan demonic, you know, the, the, the pagan deities were essentially the watchers, you know, demons, they're like fallen angels. So the lie there was all your belief systems were relying on absolutely corrupt things. So it was a different kind of lie. While today, potentially, we have the truth, but we have so much bullshit thrown at us that to see that truth is the needle in the haystack almost. Um, and another thing, you know, if, if I'm looking at the crusading times, those guys definitely believed. They had Christianity, Catholicism was, was real for them in a way that most human beings now just can't even begin to, to understand. But they were surrounded by an evil world of, you know, that was out to get you, um, pretty much. And there was a lot of lies and so on. Because, I mean, look at the Crusaders. They went there to help the Eastern Orthodox, who then backstabbed them at every turn, at every opportunity they got. They actually made alliances with the Muslims to kill them. It's just like, what? Wait, wait a minute. I've come here to help me, and I'm getting fucking stabbed by you and the guy that I came here to help you from? fuck's going on so you know deceit lying byzantine i mean there's a reason why the word byzantine came to mean what it means um so i think there was always deception lies and so on but to a certain extent i think a man at least uh the one that was willing to do what needed doing uh, i don't know how to say this in english but in italian we have an expression it was the measure of the man determined where he ended up to a, to a much bigger extent than it does now. Uh, while now, you know, you have to be a complete sellout to achieve any sort of um, prominence, let's say. And I don't mean prominence in the status side of things. I mean prominence in, I own enough land, castles, guns, and people on the walls that you can leave me all the fuck alone. Like, you don't really get to do that now unless you're a sellout, in which case, you know, you're part of the problem, you're not part of the solution anyways. But maybe it's always been like that. And, um, you know, I was thinking about that today while I was talking with this loyal henchman about my family history. I didn't talk about my family history with him, but I was thinking, you know, maybe it's always been like that. And then I was thinking about my family history and I'm thinking, fuck, we've always somehow managed to hold the line you know, barely, you know, sometimes we cross off into the dark side or whatever. But we generally hold the line, and somehow we manage to continue to exist, um, despite the adversity, the shit, the the, the, the lies, the, the 
the degeneracy, the confusion, the, the divorces, the intermarriage, whatever you, whatever you want to name that's been thrown at my, my namesakes for the last 800 years, we're still standing somehow. And I thought, okay, that must count. So your ingenuity, your willingness to fight back, your willingness to do whatever still counts for something. It's just you have to adapt like a fucker, you know, all the time. It's you have to mutate faster than the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> Considering how unstable that thing is. Exactly. Um, yeah, well, LS16 says, even if taxed, it would still put him ahead. He's one of ours, and I'd be happy to chip in something. There you go. Told you. So we should, um, you know, I'm not good at this stuff, but I'm, there are people that I know that are pretty good at it. So I don't know. I think we should we should look at it. It's something to keep in the back pocket and only only take out once I actually have a verdict. Well, what I was thinking is we could put it like in escrow or whatever. One of us could like collect it and sort of say, right, this is yours. This is what the collection was. And when you, when you've got the, the verdict, we send it to you. No reason we can't do that. You know, maybe make it so that you make a public statement once you got it, so that everybody knows we didn't fucking pocket it or whatever. But you know, again, if we're Catholics, mm. that's not really going to be an issue. Of um, like I've mentioned before, the loyalty commitment that I've I've had from this little group of zealots that I'm trying to put together is unreal. It's it's unrivaled by anything I've ever experienced, including like you know my mates from training and stuff. It's uh, it's unquestioned, and I mean, it's not like we don't argue or call each other dickheads or whatever, you know, it's like all the normal human weaknesses are still there, but at the end of it, it's like, yeah, yeah, but it doesn't matter, you know, you're, you're dick, but you're our dick, and you're Catholic, so it's fine, you know, we'll sort it out, <laughs> and it's, it really is interesting. Now, there was actually, there was actually something, um, it's from uh, SG, I was talking to, uh, Oh, is it Driftless Bear? Driftless Bear seems to be coming around lately. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see it myself because I don't really have a lot of time to go on Social Galactic now. Also, I think my last Flame Wars, uh, when I beat the shit out of Durandal, basically, metaphorically speaking, I think that's just like depressed all the, all the Protestants have gone quiet. That's <laughs> like Social Galactic, it's like in limbo. It's like, okay, can we talk now? Can we say anything? There's not evil Kurgan just gonna come take heads. <laughs> it's like even the Protestant groups have gone quiet. But yeah, uh, Driftless Bear apparently has gone to a city mass and um, really enjoyed it. I, I haven't read it myself, but there's just there's just a sort of um, it's it's almost for me for me it's almost like a continuing uh, road on Emmaus. Because whenever, whenever I just see something um, about the Catholic faith that seems to be like a small um, disconnected thing, turns out that it is. Because he just noticed that uh, when the priest was, you know, giving the offertory and he was raising the host, yeah, he noticed that the servers were lifting his robes. Yes. Now, from what I understand, I mean. The obvious reason is so that so that his robes don't encumber his arms, so he can just lift the host as much yeah. as you know as best no, he can. It's not. But then the whole and then it started tying into me like it just it just sparked another memory that like elderly priests, 
who are, you know, too frail or sometimes, you know, too calcified to actually lift their arms, they'd have other people, you know, come and help them lift their hands. Yeah. Like, so long as the priest is the one actually holding the host. That's right. Yeah. The consecration is completely valid. Yes. Even though he's not actually using his own physical strength. Yeah. So it led me down, you know, to another, you know, point of thought that it's just one of those thoughts that's constantly drumming through my head that we don't give enough credit to the communion of saints or to, uh, what is it, the mystical body, yeah. to the fact that they really are supposed to be one body. That we are, you yeah. Know, the priest may be old and decrepit and he can't lift his arms, but that doesn't matter. No. Those two young, you know, priestly acolytes are young enough. Exactly that. Lift his arms, it's actually, all fine. I, I think Chesterton put it best because he said, well, of course. Just because you're dead doesn't mean that you're not a Catholic or you're not part of our community. <laughs> you know, it's like we, we have a lot more friends than the, than the Protestants because all our dead friends are still there. You know, we, there is no separation between us. Just because you're dead doesn't mean that you're no longer here. You know, you're just not physically here, but you're still here. You're still part of the church. You're still part of our prayers for you and from you to us and so on, you know. And it's a much bigger community. And he was discussing this because he was saying, you know, the, um, the common man's opinion of justice and so on is usually the correct one. And he's basically saying, you know, and people loft the idea, intellectuals say, oh, no, no, they're too stupid to know. But the peasant knows. The peasant is never wrong. And we've got a much bigger communion of peasants because we don't just have the living present peasants. We've got all the peasants that died before them. They're still there. And, you know, their thoughts and, and traditions and so on count. And um, it's, quite, it's quite a powerful image when you think about it. Oh, I just got a comment here. Henry Cummings says that being friends with our neighbors, an old couple in Italy, kept my family safe from the hands of the Italian government. The husband would give a rant to the official and then they'd leave us alone. Yeah, you see, that's... That's what I mean. It's like, it's just weird. But yeah. Okay, it is actually quite late here though. And uh, I am still yeah. a little bit under the weather. So I'm thinking, thanks for coming on at such an impromptu time. Uh, it was always good to, to have a chat. As usual, our 10 minute chat turned into two hours. But um, <laughs> such is the streams of woolly ram and the not a surprise. And yeah. uh, oddly enough, it was a very quiet night. Actually, not very odd. Here's another, you know, little oddity, right? Yeah. The, you know, the, the weather forecasters, I like to call them soothsayers, you know, they've been digging around in the yeah. hen guts, you know, trying to yeah. divine the future weather. Yeah. And, you know, they're talk, talking about a heat wave. You now, for, for the next weeks, it's going to be 13 degrees here at night. Well, 24 to 26 during the day. Don't believe anything about the global warming because the only model of weather which has been 97 to 98% accurate for the last 30 years in a row is a Russian model, which says that in 2021, this year, all four magnetic phases of the sun go out of phase. Now, the last time we had an ice age, two of them went out of phase. Now, all four are going out of phase. So dig tunnels because we may have to grow the food on the ground where it's warm. It's, yeah, it is going to be, I mean, like when we arrived here, we had like a, two feet of snow in like a, a day. Yeah. 
and they're saying, oh, I'm that's actually, pretty I'm rare. actually wondering if I should invest in winter clothing. Because I, in, in all of my years here in Israel, I never bothered buying you know, winter clothing. Yeah. I don't have sweaters. I don't have long sleeved shirts. I don't even have boots. Oh. Well, you might have to traipse through the Mediterranean to get to Kurglandia. So, you know, you might need that. <laughs> a big, yeah, a big inflatable, a big inflatable nice tube and, and an oar. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, less dramatic than that is um, since Israel is basically a second world country and it's surrounded by third world countries, at worst, I can actually, if I can just get out of here, I can get into Jordan and from there I can probably take, you know, a plane to Europe. Yeah. And I, d I doubt that Europe or the European uh, airlines care as much about Corona. No, or I mean, Jordan, like, uh, you know, like we, we've had people, um, I know people that have come to Italy, people that have come back to the UK. So it is, uh, but, you know, worst case scenario, if the guys in 1095 could walk all the way there, I'm sure you could walk your way out, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Or like I'm not I said, sure the Lebanese would be happy to see me. Or, or like I said, big truck tire and a nice oar, <laughs> and you land in Sicily, <laughs> just like all the other Maybe refugees. I can stow away onto Cyprus. Maybe I can stow away on a ship and get to Cyprus. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be a smarter play, I think. But okay, again, thanks for coming on. I am gonna say good night because I'm beat. Um, good night. Thank you for coming on again. And thank you good to the chat. To chatlings. Yeah. And uh, Here, I'll see you. the wall of booze. Oh, that's, that's a nice sight. Have you got the proper tequila in there? That'll be the last question. No, we have the oh. Jose Cuervo. Oh. That, <laughs> like my Russian friend says, why you bring me this thing to clean electrical parts? <laughs> I actually had good tequila once. Uh, it wasn't actually tequila, it was a mezcal, I think it's oh, called. okay, yeah. The type with the little worm in the bottom of the bottle. Yeah, but that could also be cheap shit, that just because it has a sneaky. worm. No, but that's, that stuff is sneaky. It was really, it was like warm and spicy. You didn't feel the alcohol at all until you just noticed that you three have just, you know, drank three quarters of the bottle. And trying to get up is yeah. difficult. It's like sake. Down is, seems to be. <laughs> it's like sake. The first time yeah, you drink sake, sake, oh, it's nice warm drink. Goes down pretty smooth. Yeah, I feel nothing. Feel no it's great. It's great. I need to go to the toilet. Oh, oh wait. I think I need to crawl to the toilet. I can't use my leg. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, have a good evening. And uh, keep safe Good and night. let us know your progress. And um, yeah, ping me, ping me an email maybe if you want to, you know, up to you uh, on, the, on the whole GoFundMe thing and what kind of targets we might have to try and hit and whatever. If you want to let me know that, um, see what we can do about we'll it. See, I need to actually get a, a firm answer first. Just work with what you got. Give us a heads up because, I mean, these things sometimes take time, so... It's already taken time. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, you know, whatever you, whatever the, the, the bill is, I'm pretty sure that you could just cut a deal and say, look, I owe you whatever X, 
I don't have X, but I got 95% of X here in cash now, or piss off. You know, if you did something like that, pretty sure that they'd go for it. So, who, who knows? Maybe, maybe there's a rich Catholic out there just waiting to get you out of Israel. You, you never know. It's, uh, it's all possible. Well, now that's on me. Just need to get things rolling downhill. You never know. That rich Catholic might need a whole bunch of farm work done. <laughs> I'm not talking about myself because <laughs> I prefer my serfs poor. <laughs> so I don't have to pay them. <laughs> no, but uh, seriously, you never know. It's just, you know, so remember... God sends the boat three times to the guy who's like, oh, help me, God, help me, I'm drowning. And he doesn't get on the boat for three times, and then he drowns. <laughs> you never know. Yep. So, might be a boat. Try to hop on. Okay, matey, I'm going to let you go. And uh, I'm going to say goodnight to the chat and everybody, and thank you all for coming here. Buenas noches. Good night. Good night.